Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, August 11th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Mr. Cole Shelton, to break down UFC 252, Miosic versus Cormier 3, as well as preview Dana White's Contender Series 28, and recap UFC uh, Vegas 6 and uh, Bellator 243. So we got a lot to do, Cole. Um, first off, how are you doing, man? Everything's good, I'm assuming? Yeah, I'm doing well. Big pay-per-view week. I'm excited for Saturday night. What about you? I'm I'm good, man. I mean, obviously, uh, the picks haven't been great lately. Yours have been really good, though, so I got to give you credit, man. Let's start. Let's, let's get right into it, Cole. Let's start with last week's card. Uh, man, Cole did really well. I got to give Cole credit here, man. You know, he picked some fights that I didn't see coming, like the Tim Means fight, for instance. Um, you know, I had a lot of upsets, Cole, in the main card, and they just didn't pan out. It happens. Let's start with the main event. I mean, I'll be honest, Cole, I thought Olenek was going to get him, man. I, I oh. jumped off my coach, dude. I was like, yes, I'm a genius. And then, of course, he gets knocked up in the second round. But, Cole, that was close to getting – he was close to getting that finish. Oh, I thought it was – Oh, I thought – it was for like a minute and a half, and Derek yeah. Lewis just laid there. Like, he didn't even try to get out of it. But that finish was literally the exact same finish as Walt Harris. It was yeah. just the knee right into the overhand right. Yeah. And the exact same way Harris finished Lewis, like Lewis did it. I don't get – like, I don't I thought he was going to get submitted because there was still a lot of time left. And normally when Olenek gets a hold of your neck, that's, his squeeze is so tight. But right when Lewis got out, I'm like, I wonder how much Olenek gassed his arms out trying to go for that. I thought the same thing. And once he didn't get it in the first round, I knew he was done. He's a one-round fighter, man. He, I think he openly yeah. admits it. I thought your interview with him, he's like, 25 minutes. I don't want to go 25. Yeah. Like he, He's one of those guys that's like, okay, I'm getting paid the same amount if it's five minutes or 25. There was no way this fight was going the distance. Like, it's almost shocking to think about the fight with Verdun that went the distance because Olenek does not go the distance. You know, having said that, I know he lost, but the guy is such a legend, Cole. Like, even in defeat here, I mean, he still showed off, like, that ground game. I really thought he was going to get it, man. It was so close. Uh, maybe, like, if he had another minute left, he probably would have got it, but it is what it is. You know, Lewis toughed it out. Second round, did what he does, man. Gets another knockout. Lewis has, uh, I think, is it 18 wins on the UFC? 15 wins. 15 wins. And 11 most knockouts in heavyweight. Yeah, is the most knockouts now. 11 knockouts in the heavyweight division. I've always liked Derek Lewis. I've picked him almost every fight he's had, even the losses he had back in the day to like Mitro and Jordan. I remember picking him in those fights. I've always picked him. I went against him here. Didn't go too well. Um, you know, it was it was close in the first round, but he toughed it out. The only guy that's ever tapped him out is Cormier, which shows how good his ground game is. Uh, other than that, I mean, he's very tough to finish submission-wise. He has been knocked out a couple times. Um, this win sets him up, though, man, for a big fight, obviously. He's still ranked number four. I don't think he'll jump up in the rankings, but he maintains that position. After the fight, he called on three guys, Francis Ngannou, Curtis Blades, and Alistair Overeem. Uh, I wrote an article, MMA Ratings, it's supposed to come out today. I believe that Blades should be the guy that he fights next. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think Overeem would be a great fight. That's a fun fight, but Overeem's ranked lower than Lewis. He's number seven. I don't think Lewis should take a step backwards after three straight wins. Uh, the other guy, obviously, Ngannou. He's going to fight for the belt next. So to me, he's not really in the in the conversation right now. Blades is out there. He's already calling him out. He says, I accept your challenge. Lewis doesn't like him. They said there were like, you know, there were some rumors of them turning the fights down. I think Blades is the one who apparently turned it down. I have no idea what the truth is there, Cole. But to me, number three versus number four, that's the fight that makes sense. What do you think? I think that makes sense unless Daniel Cormier wins. Yes. That's the vacates the belt. Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis too. For yeah. the title. Yeah. And I wrote it. Actually, I wrote about that in my article. Cool. It's, I don't think it's out yet, but whenever they publish it, you'll see it. I said that. I was like, the future of this division hinges on this weekend's fight. 
Because if DC wins, he might retire, which would set up a vacant title fight between Nagano and probably Lewis or Blades 3. I mean, I really have no idea. They could even give Miocic the title shot again, too. What, what would you rather see, Nagano Blades 3 or Nagano Lewis 2? I'd rather see the second Lewis fight. I think it, just, I think it has to be better. The first one, it was Nagano's coming up lost loss of He had no confidence. Derek Lewis had that bad back where he literally said he couldn't even throw a punt. So Not I think it would be a much different fight. I'm with you. I think that would be the fight to make. And, you know, I think there's a very good chance that could happen. I, I definitely see Lewis and Nagano rematching in the future. I just don't think it happens right now. I think they're going to do Blades versus Lewis. And it's a good fight, man, because Lewis is hard to finish. He's hard to hold down in the ground cold. How many fights has he been in where he's getting dominated with the wrestling? Like, look at that Shamil fight for a few years ago. He was getting tooled with the wrestling, and the fourth round comes back and knocks him out. Like, he's got, for a big guy who's kind of, like, overweight, who openly admits that he wants to drop 20 pounds, he's got, like, pretty good cardio cold. Like, he's able to go pretty late into these fights. Um, typically, the later his fights go, the more advantage he has. He has tons of third-round wins fourth round wins the one fight where he lost late was the mark hunt fight which was just kind of a bad matchup for him against like a short stubby guy that he couldn't really wrestle and he just got ko'd there but overall i mean their glue is a beast man and you know he needs to get a lot of credit and uh like i said i pick him almost every fight i went against him here took a shot in the dog didn't pan out but i still think that lewis is a beast and for a linic he wants to fight cool for seven more years he told you that so <laughs> he won't be retiring anytime soon but i don't know who they match him up with next i mean i'm assuming a top 15 guy just looking at the rankings, I mean... I was uh, thinking the loser of Cyril Gonshmiel Abdurimov. Sure, I mean, you could do that fight, why not? Or even, like, if Gustafsson wants to fight again, you could do that fight. I mean, if they wanted to, it'd be a good test. I mean, if you can't get uh, not submitted by Olenek, he probably, probably shouldn't be fighting this division. But, you know, either way, the guy's number 10. He's a legend. Hopefully, hopefully he gets that win number 60. I'd love to see him get it, Cole. Yeah. Let's get a couple comments here. Daniel Edwards, I heard Cormier may take Jones 3. Hmm... We'll talk about that fight after, obviously, with Cormier and Miocic. But as far as a trilogy fight, I would like to see it because the second fight, obviously, very controversial with the drug testing. But I don't know, Cole. If they did, it'd have to be a heavyweight. If he was for the heavyweight title, I'd be okay with that. Like, if DC's like, if he beats Steve and he's like, all right, I want to fight one more time against Jones, a heavyweight, I would watch that fight. Masio, Masio, sup, guys? Do you like Lewis' physique for a new title run? I mean, he looked pretty good. He said he wants to drop more weight. He's a guy that's had a lot of like issues with, like Cole said, back issues and stuff. Um, he's a guy that really hasn't taken his career that seriously, which is crazy because look how much success he's had, man. Like, Cole, if you look at his resume, Cole, it's pretty damn good, man. Yeah. Wins over Nagano, Volkov, uh, Rory Nelson, Travis Brown, Alenik, Latifi, Ivanov. Like, it's pretty good. It's not, like, amazing. It's not elite, but it's solid, man. He's definitely a top five guy at heavyweight, that power and that explosion. All right, let's get to the rest of the card here. Co-main event, I have no idea how Chris Weidman pulled this fight off. Cole. I have no clue. After that second round, I thought he was done. I thought he'd get knocked out for sure. Uh, I literally messaged you. I'm like, Weidman's getting knocked out in the third. Dude, I have no idea how he dominated that third round. Like, he looked like left for dead in that second round. He looked exhausted. I'm pretty sure everyone had Weidman was crapping their pants because they thought he was going to lose. Somehow, he managed to come back and win. Akhmedov had somehow worse cardio than Weidman did. So, Weidman gets the win here, Cole. His first win since 2017. I'm happy for the guy. I've always liked Chris Wyman. I think he's a good fighter. I'll be honest, though, Cole, this win didn't really inspire any much confidence going forward. I think he gets smashed by most guys in the top 15 still, Cole. I think this was probably a good matchup because Omari's not really a big middleweight. But if he fights one of these bigger middleweights, Cole, I don't see it going well for him, man. What do you think? Yeah, I I even pegged Wyman in this fight. I just thought the matchup was good. I thought Ekmedov was just a similar Chris Wyman. Wyman would just be bigger and stronger. But I thought Weidman would have better cardio than that. Like, this is a guy that was a champion. He went long fights. And the gas after 10 minutes, 
I don't know. It's I still have much faith in. I think if he fights a power guy, he's probably getting knocked out. Yeah. I think I I don't know. I think maybe like a Luke Rockhold rematch. I know Rockhold was saying he wants to come back. Those are the only really fights I want to see Chris Hine. I can't see Chris Hine going on a title run at middleweight, especially with a lot of these hard hitters. Like I think Cannonier, Whitaker, Costa, Izzy, yeah, uh, all those guys would knock him out early. Like I mean, and that's what he wants because he said he wanted to jump back in there quick. Like he's moving. I think. To South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, to, to be near Stephen Thompson. Yeah. Which probably, maybe it's a good move for him, honestly. Uh, I will say that, uh, you know, the way he came back in the third with that takedown, just the top control was kind of impressive. But Omar Akhmed was like a fish out of water on his back, man. He didn't know what he could do. Like, he had no idea to get off his back hole. It was kind of like, this guy's number 12 in the world, crazy in a way. Anyways, as far as Wyman goes, I mean, you look at the rankings, and uh, Omar Akhmed was number 11. So, I would assume that Wyman probably steps up ahead of him. And to be honest, Cole, like, I don't think Chris Wyman's been impressive at all the last few years, but why is Brad Tavares ranked number 12? I keep asking myself this. Why is he ranked number 12? I don't get it. Like, Wyman got dropped out of the rankings, I think, because he went to 205. Same with Jacare. They both moved up to weight class. They got bumped out. They should both be in the top 15, in my opinion, over a guy like Brad Tavares. So, you know, as far as he fight, could fight next, you look at the rankings, Derek Brunson's available. I don't know if Brunson would take that fight. I think Brunson wants a top five guy like Hermanson. But you look at the rest of the rankings, I mean, Ian Heinish would be a fine fight, number uh, 13. Um, Marvin Vittori, number 14, called him out. Number 15, uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. Any of those fights make sense, Cole. I'll be honest, Cole, I don't see him taking another title run at all, man. Uh, not at this point of his career. Um, he fights another power puncher. They could stop his takedown. I think he's going to get knocked out. I'm surprised he won this fight, guys. I really am. Got some comments here. Massio Massio, he's back, LOL. I don't know about that, bro. I mean, listen, I'm happy for him. He got the win. I don't know, Cole. I wasn't impressed, man. I gotta be honest. He says Shogun versus Wyman. My money's on Shogun. I'm not against Wyman really fighting at 205. Like the weight cut must be brutal for him, by the way. He's a huge middleweight, but uh I don't know if they do that fight. The Anderson Silva fight's obviously there. A lot of people are talking about that trilogy fight. The other fight that everyone's talking about is Luke Rockle. I'm okay with that fight. Luke Rockle, <laughs> of course, Luke Rockle emerges from hibernation yesterday, Cole, after Wyman wins. He's like, Oh, I don't, I'm not retired. I want to fight again. Pretty sure he'd want that fight because that would help him get back in the top 15 himself. Turn it up, MMA. What's up, gentlemen? Missed your last couple of live streams due to having conference calls. Let's cash some bets. I'm glad you're back, man. Work sucks, but I'm glad you're here, bro. Hopefully your boss doesn't uh, catch you listening to our podcast. <laughs> Daniel Edwards. Weidman is a bad matchup for a lot in the division, weirdly enough. In all fairness, Omari had been on a nice streak, so a solid win. I'd pick Weidman to beat Till. I don't know about that, man. I think Till would probably just have the cardio and the youth and the striking. What do you think, Cole? Yeah, and Till's takedown events is a lot better than people give him credit for. I think yeah. first round, okay, maybe Weidman takes him down, but if his cardio is anything like it was in Akhmedov, Till's knocked out in the second or third round. Like I said, I'm not picking Weidman against anyone going forward. There's no one I'd pick him to beat, honestly. Even though he lost this fight, I don't regret the pick. You know, it's well, Anderson Silva trilogy, say they do it. Would you, who would you pick there? I think I'd have okay, to go okay, Weidman. Okay. I would probably pick Weidman in that fight. What about a Rockhold rematch? The Rockhold rematch, I would take Rockhold, man. I would. Like, we saw what happened the first time. I don't okay. see – I know Rockhold's chain is, like, not good. Wyman's is even worse. A battle of who can land first. It pretty much is. It probably turned into a grappling match. We got Cole here. Gabriel – or we got Gabriel Killian. I got Adam over Cole via arm triangle choke. I mean, I'm probably like, – what do you weigh, Cole? Uh, like 160. Dude, I'm like 100, 100 <laughs> heavier than Cole. I'm a heavyweight, guys. Of course I would take him, man. He's a lightweight, man. Come on. <laughs> Daniel Edwards, they'll do Weidman versus Brunson as they want a main event out of him or Rockhold. Wish it was Vittori. Vittori deserves like a top guy. He's looked great, but 
yeah, I think Wyman versus Brunson is a fight I can see happening, Cole. Uh, you know, two kind of wrestler grinders that are, you know, kind of trying to get back to that uh, top lead of the division. But uh, like I said, Brunson probably wants a guy like Hermanson or Till, a top five guy. Um, don't know if he'd take that fight, although <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Wyman would, or uh, Brunson would knock out Wyman, to be honest with you. I don't see that going well for Wyman. You take Brunson there too, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, next fight, uh, Darren Stewart against Mackie Patolo gets the submission here. Really nice win for Darren Stewart here, Cole. Um, I think it's his first career submission win, so nice to get back in the win column. He had that fight in Cage Warriors a few months ago. He got uh, outgrappled by Bartosz Fabinski, so good for him to get back in the win column here. Um, don't think it's a top 15, top 15 kind of uh, opponent that he fought here, so don't see him getting ranked, but definitely you know, a guy that could fight someone like uh, a bottom 15 guy like Brad Tavares. Like, that'd be a fine fight, Darren Stewart versus Tavares, something like that. Next up, Yannick Kunitskawa defeats Julia Storyorenko. This fight was super boring, terrible fights, not fun to watch. Uh, I was watching, I had my friend over. We were just sitting there, like, bored of our minds. Cool. No one wants to watch someone push someone against the fence for 50 minutes in 2020. Like, I understand that that's how Usman won that, his fight, but, you know, the difference is that's where a championship. This is just two low level women's, you know, band weights that are just kind of grinding on each other. It was terrible to watch. Cool. I know Storyorenko almost had that armbar. I know you like Yana. I like Yana too, and Tiago Santos and everything. But Cole, this was a pretty bad fight. Oh, to watch. Yeah, this was this. I think I probably spent most of it on my phone, and I'm just like locked up, and I'm like two minutes have gone off the clock, and they're still in the same position. Like yeah. I haven't missed much. It was bad. We got Gabriel Kelly. Friends don't let friends play Patolo on DraftKings. Yeah, I'm the idiot who picked Patolo. It is what it is. I mean, I, I got him in the last fight. We knocked out uh, Bird. Is what it is. I've always liked Patillo, but yeah, he's a little small for middleweight. Uh, the other fight, obviously, the main card, Benil Darius knocked out Scott Holtzman, first round spinning back fist. Another incredible performance by Benny. Cole, I swear to God, like a week ago, I was sitting in my car and I was thinking to myself, man, we haven't seen a spinning back fist knockout in so long. I was going to tweet it out and be like, we, we're going to see one very soon. And of course, this is the event where it happened. So I didn't tweet it. I can't take the credit, but I swear to God, guys, even in my mind, I was thinking someone's going to knock out with some spinning shit. And of course, it's freaking Benil Darius knocks out Scott Holtzman, first guy to knock out Holtzman. He looked incredible, Cole. Unfortunately, he missed weight, no bonus award. He doesn't get the 50K. He would have been a shoe in. But either way, he gets the win here at Catchway Bout. Fifth straight win for Benil Darius, four straight wins by stoppage. What does a guy have to do to get a top 15 opponent, Cole? Tell me. I think there's two names I like for Benil Darius. Okay. One I really want, so I'll tell you that one second. One is Diego Ferreira. I think that would be if both those guys deserve a top 15 guy. They've had trouble getting one. This yeah. is the matchup I really want. Benil Darius versus Charles Oliveira. Both insane grapplers. Both have shown they have knockout power on the feet. That's a good fight I want. Great fights. I mean, definitely he's getting a top 15 guy. So you look at the rankings. Uh, he's going to probably fight someone ahead of him. Uh, I mean, Cerrone's right there. Gillespie, those guys are available. He could fight them, but they're coming off losses, right? So, you know, look at Ferreira. I think he's coming off that win over uh, Pettis, right? So it's a nice win for him. He deserves a top guy too. The problem is uh, it's kind of backlog right now. With Habib being out for so long, it's the division's backlog right now. So these guys like Oliveira and Ferreira that really do deserve a top five guy, Cole, they probably won't be getting it anytime soon. So they might have to fight a lower guy like Darius. But I think people got to start respecting this guy. I know the line closed at minus 220, but it was like minus 150 all no. week, which was just blew my mind, Cole. I mean, my picks were not good in this card. Obviously, I didn't, I wasn't too sharp. It is what it is. But for this fight, I was shocked. He was such a low favorite. Scott Holtzman's a pretty tough dude. 
I, I didn't see any way he was going to be Benil Terrier's goal. And obviously, Darius got the job done. Um, let's go to the prelim school. We'll go through them kind of quickly here. Catchweight boat, Tim Means defeats Loreano Steropoli by decision. Nice pick there, Coley, with the dog with Tim Means. Tim Means is a really underrated fighter. I thought this should have won fight at night. I thought he could have won a bonus. But when Loreano missed the uh, weight, obviously, UFC probably was like, you know what, we're not going to award it. They did do it a few weeks ago with the uh, Abdul Razak al Hassan fight. They gave the bonus to Lazez and they gave another performance bonus out. But you know, they didn't choose to do it here. It's just crazy to me that Tim Means, a guy who's that exciting, has never won fight of the night. That blows my mind. Only two performance bonuses. But when I saw that tweet the other day, Cole, I was like, there's no way this is right. And I checked. I was like, wow, it actually, he's never won fight of the night. Next up, Kevin Holland defeats Walking Buckley. Third round knockout. Man, laser right hand. Straight right down the pipe. Knocks out Buckley. I know Buckley took it on short notice, but the guy's actually a decent prospect. And Kevin Holland made him look like an amateur, man. Kevin Holland's a guy who deserves a top 15 opponent. Like, let me ask you a question, Cole. Who would you pick, Brad Tavares or Kevin Holland? Kevin Holland. Why is Brad Tavares ranked? I keep asking this. I like Brad. Man, he's been around the block. He's got some pretty good wins. He hasn't won a fight in forever, though. Why is he ranked so high? I don't get it. doesn't make sense. Kevin Holland's the guy you got to watch out for, guys. This guy is awesome, man. I enjoy watching him fight, Cole. He's fun to watch, man. He's in there talking shit. Like, he's, he's just screwing with guys. To be honest, Quan, it's not going to happen. I'd love to see him fight a Diaz, brother. That'd be fun to watch, right? The trash talk. But yeah, I'm a big fan of Kevin Hall, man. And like I said, I, I think last week, if, if Hamzad wants to fight at 185 and take a short notice fight, that's the guy to fight. And like like Gabriel says right here, Holland wants to drop to 170. I think he could do it, Cole. He didn't look too big. I think oh, he, he weighs like 182 when he weighs in a middle eight. Yeah, he weighs in like 182, 183. So I think for sure he has fought at welterweight before. And I have suggested on Twitter, I'm like, let's let's see him fight at welterweight again. If he wants to fight Hamzat, that's the fight to make. Well, to be honest with you, I think I think Holland could win that fight. I think he could win that fight. We haven't seen Hamzat striking at all. Everyone's talking about, you know, give him a top five guy, give him Usman. No. So that's the fight I'd like to see. You know, if not, I don't know. Like, it depends if he wants to stay at 185 or go to 170. But, you know, with, with Kevin Holland, the UFC knows they got a guy called that's literally going to fight anywhere, anytime. And you know Dana White loves that. Going down the rest of the card here, Nazareth Hackbrass, nice performance against Alex Munoz, gets a decision. Alex Munoz, what a chain on this guy, man. <laughs> Some huge shots. Somehow survived. Can't believe it. Uh, Andrew Sanchez knocks out Wellington Terman. First round knockout. Great knockout for Andrew Sanchez. Uh, the power of the mullet, Cole. Him and Tanner Boser, man. They're 3-0 this summer since uh, pandemic happened. So the power of the mullet is uh, definitely powerful. Um, Gavin Tucker, third round submission over Justin James. Man, I'm surprised he was able to survive that. Holy smokes. Like that first round, I thought he was done, dude. Uh, James knocked him down, hurt him bad. He was able to survive. Good for him. Yusuf Zal beats Peter Barrett. Peter Barrett, I don't know if that guy's UFC caliber, man, to be honest with you, but Zalal, definitely a good prospect, Cole. I wouldn't say he's top 15 yet. I mean, he's got to get a better win than this, but he's definitely on the door, man. Like, he's solid. So he's a good prospect. And then Erwin Rivera defeats Ali Al-Kiesi. I, I, I actually thought he lost this fight. I thought it was super close. I, I thought that uh, the underdog won the fight. Overall, I mean, a decent night of fights, some nice finishes, and a couple of upsets. So pretty good night of fights. Any thoughts on these last uh, few prelims? Yeah, I, I thought Gavin Tucker was going to lose after he got dropped in the first round, but that even in that submission, he like took off his shorts. I I thought he was gonna tap there, so that was a really impressive comeback win. Um, Yusuf Law looks good. I think he's the first fighter to go three and zero this year. So I think I don't know if a top fifteen guy, maybe someone like that in that like sixteen to twenty two range, and then if he gets a win there, then he can be a then he can get a ranked guy. But 
he's he's still young and he's 23 or 24 or something like that so he has a lot of promise on him comes from a good camp so I, i'm really excited to see what they do with him like i don't want to push him too fast but like andre feely's not ranked i think he's probably like the number 16 guy he's probably just on the door of that top 15 that'd be a fun fight call you know maybe that's too big of a step up for him at this point but He's shown some good skill, man. So overall, I'm, I've been impressed with Houston's a lot. But again, you know, Peter Barrett's not a UFC caliber fighter. Gabriel Killian, Kimeyev would kill Holland, bro. I mean, obviously, Gabe is going to be favored. We all know that. I just think Holland's a kind of guy that would actually give him a pretty good test, much more than Sean Phillips and Reese McKee. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not sold on him yet. I got to see a better. Uh, I got to see a better opponent against him. You know, he's been fighting sub caliber, sub caliber guys. All right, let's go to Bellator quickly, Cole. Main event, Michael Chandler knocks up Benson Henderson. He's a free agent now, Cole. I think he's coming to the UFC, man. What do you think? I think so, too. I think he was even tweeted. Like, I don't – I think he's done belt. I think he's going to one championship, maybe trilogy with Eddie Alvarez or UFC. I can. I don't see him signing back to Bellator at all. And with you, I mean, what, what else can he accomplish there? He's already a three-time champion. Um, I think he's he fought for everyone. The only fight that makes sense is a fight Pit Pitbull again. Yeah, he could do a rematch with Pitbull. And honestly – the result might be differently. We saw what happened that first fight. It was a quick knockout. Pitbull's an absolute beast. Though. He's a guy who should be in the UFC. Cole, if he was in the UFC, I think he could be competitive with any of those top five guys, personally. So, you know, Pitbull, that's not a bad loss. But Chandler, he's a beast, man. I mean, he is a great fighter. Always like Michael Chandler. Um, you know, he's, he's a legend of Bellator, man. He really is. I mean, I don't know if that's saying much, obviously. But he is. Him and Pitbull are the best homegrown fighters they've ever had. So, he's impressive. I'd love to see him in the UFC. And if he comes to the UFC, Dan Hooker, Paul Felder, those kind of guys, Cole, right away a top 10 guy. That's the kind of fight to make. Uh, Tim Johnson knocks out Mitrion. Cole, there was a clash of heads that led to the finisher. This could be the kind of fight that could go to um, a commission and be overturned, I think, because the finish was directly a result of the clash of heads. What do you think, Ben? I saw the commission even said uh, Mitrion could even turn it. Oh, uh, can't appeal it, but they're not going to overturn it just because it was accidental. It wasn't either one's fault, but... Mm. It's weird because I've seen fights like that, that have been overturned. Like there's a fight from Robbie Peralta against Mackin Sermierzer from 2011, I think. That was overturned due to accidental clash of heads. So I think there's definitely precedent for it, but maybe in uh, Connecticut they, they won't be able to do it, Cole. But either way, Cole, Mitrione right now, is he's really old, 42, dude. I don't know how much time he's got left, and his chin seems to be going. So uh, what do you think, man? Is this sending the road for Matt Mitrione? Maybe you can have a send-off fight against Frank Mir or someone like that. Like do Fedor in the rematch, see if there's a double knockdown again. Yeah, but for Tim Johnson, it's a good win for him. Good for him. And then uh, Miles Jury defeats Georgie Karakanyan. Uh Man, really weird scorecards here. 27-30, 30-27, 29-28. I can't remember who I had winning. I think I think I had Jury winning two rounds, but there's no way that uh, either guy won three rounds. It was super close, I think, but Jury uh, edged out. And then Sabaho Massey pulls off a really nice upset call over uh, Curtis Miller. He was like plus 250. I did not see that coming, man. Like I said, my friend came over. We were watching the fight Saturday, and he was like, what happened to Belter? And I was like, yo, Sabaho Massey won. He's like, no way. I thought Miller would have won for sure. So did I. I was I was really surprised by that result. But uh, Miller's takedown defense is oh, terrible. How have you not improved that? That's why I got really- caught in the UFC. Alaskis, Alaskis, Dos Santos, and Belongham just took him down. Sabaha Masi is a striker. He's not known as a grappler, and he took Milner down at will. Like, how have his training camp not just been like three months just get wrestlers and try to take me down? It's just crazy because he was on a nine-fight win streak two years ago, and we were all talking about him as a top 15 guy. He's lost three of his last four fights. It's crazy, right? And he's and he now a free agent, too. He's the kind of guy that I think probably better off in glory kickboxing, man. I don't think he's really an MMA fighter because like, he can't stop a takedown, Cole. So he's going to lose a lot of decisions. 
Uh, just, you know, prelims here, don't want to get too much into it, but uh, Adam Boric barely scraped by a split decision here, Cole. He was minus 2,000. The other guy was plus 1,100, Mike Hamill. He's lucky he won that fight. Uh, Boric, training partner at uh, Sanford MMA with those guys like Gilbert Burns and Michael Chandler. That team is just ridiculous, by the way. Such a good team. Uh, Chris Lencioni, Cole, our boy with the underdog upset there. He was he actually closed at plus 100, so it wasn't a big upset. But I don't get how he was. I don't even like, think like, he should have been to me like a minus 200. Like I don't think AJ Agazarm is a good fighter. There's some fights at Belter. Like last week with Jason Jackson against Jordan Meehan, he was the underdog. I was shocked. Like I think a lot of people see the kind of name value. AJ Agazarm, obviously a tech rage jitsu guy, Cole, so they don't realize that uh, he's not that great at MMA. And then uh, the other fight that is worth mentioning, Valley Laredo defeats Tara Graf. I mean, yeah, it's a good win. She's 3-0 now. But, dude, literally she's beating up, like, women that are just terrible fighters. Like, this girl hadn't fought in two years and was coming off a knuckle. Like, she's not a good fighter. So, to me, it's like everyone's like, oh, she's going to be the next superstar. Can she fight someone decent? They're giving her the Michael Page treatment, obviously. I don't blame them. They're giving her a slow build. But slow your horses, guys. Seriously, she's fought no one. All right. I think that's it for Bellator. Cole. Let me get some comments. Then we'll do UFC 252. Can't wait. All right. Eduardo Flores. There are rumors of Kamzat versus Pettis at 254. I have not heard those rumors, Eduardo. Heard them, Cole. I mean, there's definitely stuff out there all the time, so I might have missed this. But uh, I don't see that fight uh, happening, man. I just don't. Why would Pettis take that fight? That's a terrible fight for him. Obviously, for Hamzat, he'd want to break in the top 15. I, I, I don't think it's realistic, man. You look at the top 15. If he's going to fight at middle, uh, welterweight, I mean, that's the number 15 guy, so I guess that makes sense. But I don't think a ranked guy is going to take a fight with him right now. I think he's going to have to fight more unranked guys. Just that's what it is. So, you know, like I said, Kevin Holland, that's the guy I keep saying because he's going to fight him and he'll give him a tough fight. Um, other comments here quickly. Daniel Edwards, Tim Johnson's approved. He looks old. I overlooked that he's still an evolving headweight. You know what? You're right, man. And he's 35, so he's not like super, super old. But he looks old, obviously. Uh, he did shave that mustache, though, which is disappointing because I love that thing, the tickler. But, uh, you know, Cole, he's got two back-to-back -back wins now as an underdog. Actually, no, he was no, he was an underdog in this fight and the last one against uh, Terrell Fortune. So he's not that bad, man. And he's a guy that – I was surprised the UFC caught him a few years ago. He wasn't that bad. You know, he was like a borderline top 15 guy. Masio Masio, Chandler versus Iquinta. That's a fun fight, too. We keep forgetting about Al Iquinta. I mean, this is the guy who's top 15 as well. But Neil Darius could fight him as well, Cole. That's another fight. Gabriel Tilly and Curtis Tamer. Yeah, two guys that are strikers with no ground game. Daniel Edwards. Millinder keeps proving the UFC right and cutting him. I hate to say that, man, because you hate to see a guy lose his job. And honestly, I was shocked when he got cut last year. I remember I posted the article called that thing did really good numbers. Like people were in, like they were at the pitchforks out there. Like, why did Chris Miller get cut? He was three and two in the UFC. He shouldn't have been cut. Having said that, he hasn't looked very good in Bellator. And you say he's a free agent after this fight. I don't know if they'll bring him back. So we'll see what happens. Turn up MMA, Cam's at versus Wonderboy. No way, man. Respect, bro. I, I love you, man. But Wonderboy is number six in the world. He is not taking that fight. Wonderboy wants a top five guy. Wonderboy. There's going to get, like, whoever's left over from the top five, once that gets – the vision gets kind of cleared out with, like, Edwards and Covington and those guys. We'll talk about them later. I think Wonderboy will fight one of them. He, there's no way he would take Hamzat. No way, Cole. You don't think so either, right? Yeah. All right, let's go to UFC 252, guys. Do the breakdown here. Fun card, Cole, obviously. Just uh, overall thoughts on it while I set it up. It's, like, weird to me. I don't think the prelims are that good for such a big – card but the main card is really good like i'm looking forward to every single fight on the main card just the prelims like it's 
it seems like they kind of just a lot of these fights they threw together on like one week notice, which I'm surprised they did just because this is a big pay-per-view. Like, yeah, Biotis Cormier 3, I'm surprised they wouldn't try to get more known guys on the prelims to get more ratings on ESPN. Yep, no, I'm with you on that. All right, let's get into it, Cole. So we'll start with the bottom and work our way up. As always, first fight on the card. I honestly have no idea why these guys are in the UFC. I don't want to shit on these guys because, you know, it takes they've taken years to grind their way to get here, Cole. I don't think this is a UFC caliber fight. I'm surprised this is on a UFC pay-per-view. Chris Dawkins, the brother of Kyle Dawkins, takes on Parker Porter, a guy who's, who's fought John Jones and Gabriel Gonzaga in the regional scene. And right now we have Parker Porter as a slight favorite, minus 125, and Chris Dawkins, plus 105. Who's your pick, Cole? Well, first off, these odds should just be a pick because it's literally just flip a coin. Hopefully you're right. I lean towards Porter slightly. I just watched a bit of tape of both of them. I, Porter has the gas tank where if he can survive the first round against Dawkins, I think it's his fight to lose. But that's the big question. Can he survive the first round? We've seen him get knocked out before. We've seen Dawkins get knocked out before. I just think Porter has a lot of third round finishes. I've watched some of his fights where he seems to have good cardio in the later rounds. So I think that's a big advantage for him. I think Porter will get it done, but no way I'm betting either guy on this fight. Like, this is a – I don't know why either anyone would bet on this fight. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Don't don't bet on this fight. Like, first off, this shouldn't even be a UFC fight. I mean, again, I'm not trying to, you know, give these guys crap because it's tough to get to the UFC. And Parker Porter's been fighting since 2007. So, I mean, the guy's been around forever. But, Cole, with a 10-5 record, how is he really a UFC counter fighter? Like, a guy like Josh Parisian, he has to fight on – contender series again even though he won that fight last year and then these guys get in it's kind of nuts right so i'm with cole i mean this is a pick up fight guys it really is you can flip a coin how can anyone be confident in this fight we've never seen these guys from the ufc they don't have the greatest records on the regional scene it's definitely a close fight i'm only taking Dawkins because he's younger he's five years younger um i like i like his brother i mean who knows how he's going to do compared to his brother you can't do that in mma i mean you can't compare brothers we saw with <laughs> dan lozon and joe lozon and a lot of other siblings that you know they're not as good, but in this case, I just don't see Parker Porter as being a UFC caliber fighter. We've seen him lose quite a few times. He's been knocked out quite a few times, Cole. I think Dawkins knocks him out. So that's my pick. I'm going to take a dog here in Dawkins, but again, there's no way you can bet on this fight. Next up, we have a featherweight bout between TJ Brown and Danny Chavez. Right now, we have TJ Brown, minus 170. Danny Chavez, plus 150. Who's your pick? I have TJ Brown winning this fight, but no way. He should not be this big a favorite. He did not look good in his UFC debut. He got spitted by uh, Jordan Griffin, and he just kind of left his neck out to to get taken by Jordan Griffin. I don't get why he's a minus 170 favorite. I know Danny Chavez is making his UFC debut. Again, this is closer to a pick'em fight for me. I wish I could take Chavez here. I think the plus money is intriguing. I just watched a bit of stuff on him, and he, when I watched him, he just couldn't stuff a takedown. I think TJ Brown is just going to take him down over and over again. And as long as he doesn't put his head in a bad spot where Chavez can just hang on to a choke because any fighter can really just grab the neck when they're getting taken down, I think he should be able to ground a decision win. But again, this isn't a fight I'd bet at all. Yeah, this is another tough fight to pick. I mean, TJ Brown, uh, that fight with Jordan Griffin, not too impressive. And uh, he did have some nice wins before, but this is a guy that's 14-7 and a lot of his losses are by stoppage, which kind of worries me here against Chavez, who... Uh, he's only 10-3, and three, not a great record, but he's been knocking his last couple opponents out, and uh, he's a guy who's been grinding for a while, too. He's been on the regional scene for a while, 10 years in the, in the game. So, you know, both these guys have they've been fighting for a while, man. Um, I was leaning towards Brown Cole, but I'll be honest, man, that fight with Griffin, I just don't think I can pick him here, man, at minus 170. I, I 
don't think that he should be that big of a favorite. I'm going to take Chavez here, man. I don't feel good about it, Cole, because I haven't seen enough of this guy, but it's a pure fate on TJ Brown. Was not impressed with his performance last time out. And Chavez actually just fought like two weeks ago and picked up a knockout win. So he should be in shape to, for this fight. And I think he can have a good performance, and especially in a small cage, where I think you can uh, get a, possibly a knockout. Gabriel Killing, TJ Brown didn't look in his debut. He got incredible to get caught. I think you have a different definition of incredible, man. I don't remember the fight being like playing out the way you said, but you know, I know he had his moments. It was a competitive fight, but the fact he left his neck out there to get guillotine like that was definitely worrisome. And again, this is a guy who's been knocked out a couple of times. So, you know, I could be wrong. We'll see what happens. I definitely think it's a close fight goal. To me, it's a pickup fight goal. So I'll take the plus 150 on Chavez. All right, next up, we have a women's. Uh, a strawweight belt between Verna Jandaroba and Felice Herrig. Jandaroba minus three hundred, minus two ninety. Herrig plus two forty five. Who's your pick? I'm gonna go Jandaroba. I just hate the odds. I don't think she should be this big a favorite. Felice Herrig. I know she hasn't fought since UFC two twenty nine. She lost to Michelle Waterson, but she has some good wins like Alexa Grasso, Courtney Casey. She's on a two fight losing streak. She's been off for a while. She had some surgeries. Jandaroba's coming off her first uh, UFC win, submission over Mally Martin. Before that, lost to Carla Sparza. I favor Jandra over here. This is more of a fade on Fleece Herrig. I just don't know what she's going to look like after what, two years off. The line is way off. I think betting perspective, I don't think you can lay this kind of chalk on Jandra over. I think it's dog or pass, but I think Jandra over is probably the better fighter, and I think she had a decision. But again, it's just kind of three straight fights I wouldn't really bet on unless you're going with the plus money in Herrig. You know, I respect Felice. I mean, she's been around forever, man. I remember back on the show Rain Girls in, like, the 2000s. Like, she's been around a long time. So I respect Felice Herrick a lot. She's been in Bellator, the UFC. And she's had some success at times. Had some good wins. Casey, Grasso, Kish. Like, decent wins. But, uh, you know, hasn't fought in two years, Cole, which worries me. She's had – I think she had surgery, right? So she's had injuries. Jana Roba, I mean, the, as far as the fight, for sure, the, the takedown defense is questionable. Um, but the Martin fight, man, was a nice performance, and Invicta, she was a beast. So I'm going with Jandaroba, man. It's a it's a fade on Herrick, too. You know, uh, do I love the line? No. I mean, I, I, go ahead. I think a way to bet Jandaroba is probably stick her in a parlay with another favorite. Like if you like an Herbert Burns, if you like a Marab, someone like that, just get the line a bit lower. But I don't think I'd be comfortable betting her straight up at minus 290. Yeah, I mean, that's, obviously that's a lot of juice, but uh, I think she wins, Cole. I think she's just going to win decision here. I don't expect an exciting fight here. Gabriel says Jandro was a safe bet. As we both know, Gabe, there's no safe bets in MMA, but I, I tend to agree with you in that she's going to win this fight. Having said that, turn up MMA likes Herrig. The line's way off. I, I could see that argument, too. The line's a little high. I mean, Herrig should get some more respect, I think, here, but it, it, people are fading her. I mean, that's what it is, Cole. She hasn't fought in forever. Again, she's 35 years old. You know, she loses this fight, Cole. It's probably the end of the road for her in the UFC. But uh, Jan, um, turn up and mentions that Fleek's always in great shape. Definitely, I agree with that as well. Gabriel talked about the uh, TJ Brown fight. He scored a lot of DraftKings points. Yeah, he had his moments in that fight for sure. But again, man, getting caught like that, it worries me. Jordan Griffin's not really that good either, which, you know, definitely concerns me. All right, next up, we have a really interesting fight here at 145 between Herbert Burns and Daniel Pineda. I love this fight, Cole. Herbert Burns minus two seventy five, Pineda plus two thirty five. Who's your pick? I am surprised the UFC brought back Daniel Pineda. His last two fights are no contest because he tested positive for steroids, and he even admitted in, in an interview, he's like, "Yeah, I took him." There, <laughs> there's a reason he never fought Lance Paul in PFL finals was because he was on steroids. Why the hell did the UFC go and sign him again after 
he got caught by the PFL, where who really knows how much drug testing the PFL is doing. But I think I don't – I like Herbert Burns in this fight. I don't love the line again. I'm interested to see what Pinedo looks like now that he's off the juice because you saw – you know you saw this probably test him a whole bunch before his Davy after getting caught twice. I think Burns is a guy a, – like I turned up, I just saw said it. He's a good parlay piece. I think you can put him with another favorite, put him with someone. I think Herbert Burns can win this fight. I think he might be able to submit or finish Daniel Pineda. Yeah, it's an interesting fight. First off, Herbert Burns has looked incredible. We all, we all know he's the brother of Gilbert Burns. Uh, I remember he was on Contender Series a, a few years ago, and I was really impressed with his win. He was in one championship, and he had some good wins there. He has a win over Timothy Nastyukin, the guy who knocked out Eddie Alvarez by submission. So his ground game is incredible. We all know that. But the win over Nate Landwehr, where he knocked him out with from the clinch, was insane. And that like really opened my eyes to how well-rounded he is. And then, of course, he dusted Evan Dunham in like a minute. Like, he's really good, man. So is he as good as Gilbert? I don't know. But this guy is solid, man. And, uh, you know, he's 32, so he's got to make a run for it now. But he's training at that camp, man, Sanford. What a camp. Oh, seriously. Like, they got the best fighters down there right now. So I'm impressed by him, man. As far as Pineda goes, you know, he's got a lot of experience, 26-13 in the 2-0 no contests. 35 years old, a little bit older for this division. But, uh, you know, Six fight unbeaten streak. He's finishing everyone. Um, obviously, those two fights were definitely controversial because of the drug testing issue. But he'd finish those guys um, if somehow he can pass his drug test here. I mean, I think he's got a chance, Cole. Honestly, like you look at his career, like he's had a lot of fights against a lot of tough dudes. He's been around the block, man. Bellator, UFC, Elite XC. He's been around forever, man, and he's still winning fights. So I think Pineda's a live dog. I, I really do. I kind of want to pick him. I'm not going to though. I'll take Gilbert, uh, Herbert Burns. I, this fight's not going the distance, by the way. I don't, I, there's no way. These guys finished their fight. So I think it's going to end inside the distance. I'll take Herbert Burns' call, either a submission or a knockout. That's kind of how I see it playing out. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as uh, some people think it's going to be. Because you look at Pineda's record, I think he's only lost like once or twice by submission. He's very hard to submit. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens here. But I'll take Burns. I just, I don't love the odds, man. I'll be honest. I this kind of This one kind of freaks me out a little bit. Even though, you know, turn up MMA says Burns is a parlay piece and O'Cole likes him as well. And Gabriel Killian brings up a good point. Big Mayer and Pineda are good friends. That's correct because uh, Pineda used to fight for Legacy FC, which now is LFA. Mick Maynard used to run that promotion. All right, so let's go to the next fight here in the women's uh, sorry division. Lavinia Souza against Ashley Yoder. Right now, Souza minus 155, Yoder plus 135. Who's your pick? This is going to be the first underdog of the night. I like Ashley Yoder here. I'm just not high on Souza. Her two UFC wins are Alex Chambers and Sarah Froda, and I don't think either of them are UFC caliber. After that, Brianna Van Buren just took her down to Will. Really dominated that fight. I think Yoder and Souza are very similar. They're both gra- they like to grapple. I think their grappling kind of washes each other out. And on the feet, I think Yoder's probably a better striker. I think this one's going to go the distance. Yoder... Uh, she is kind of a decision like she lost to Justin Kish, Angela Hill, Mackenzie Dern. That Mackenzie Dern one was by split, and I know some people thought Yoder won it. And I, I know she lost the last fight to Random Marcos. Random Marcos is someone again. It's really inconsistent, a good grappler. I favor Yoder slightly to get a decision, but this isn't a confident pick at all. Yeah, I don't know, Cole. I, I haven't been impressed with Yoder ever in the UFC, man. I'll be honest. Like, she's two and four. She's never really looked that great to me. I know she's had some competitive fights for sure, and she's, you know, been pretty tough. Like, the fight at Dern was pretty good, I guess. She looked okay in that fight. But otherwise, Cole, I've never been impressed. Like, she has no finishing ability whatsoever. 
Um, Souza, I know that the fight with Grant Buren obviously was disappointing, but before that, one four straight fights. Uh, it's a former, uh, you know, Invicta. I think was she a champ? I can't remember. Yeah, she was a champion Invicta. So you know, she's someone that had some experience and some good wins. It's a fade on Yoder for me. I'm going to take Souza. Probably decision. Yoder's pretty tough, hard to finish. So I'm leaning towards the decision here, but uh, I don't know if it's the kind of fight I'd like to bet on because I'm not too high on Souza, quite frankly. Gabriel does like Souza and turn up in May likes Yoder. So we're both splitting this fight, guys. The odds are close, obviously. We'll see what happens. Next up, we have oh, this is a really fun fight, Cole. This is the main event of the prelims. Great fight. Jim Miller against Vince Pichel. They're both coming off a win over Roosevelt Roberts. So, perfect matchup, honestly. Two veterans. Right now, we have uh, really close odds, Cole. It's a pick em, essentially, with Pichel slightly favored at minus 120. Jim Miller plus 100. Who's your pick? I like the slight underdog, Jim Miller, here. I think this is a fight where if it stays standing, I think Vince Pichel is the better striker. Can he knock out Jim Miller? That's going to be the big question. But I think on the ground, Jim Miller is a way better grappler than Vince Michelle is. And Vince Michelle's been a guy that's dealt with a lot of injuries, and he struggled against grapplers. I know Gregor Gillespie is a different animal. He took him down. I think Jim Miller can get him down and maybe sub Vince Michelle. I just, it's such a close fight. They're both coming off those wins over Roosevelt Roosevelt. They're both up there in age, but it's just Vince Michelle's layoff and his injuries. He's had a ton of injuries. That kind of concerns me. And he even admitted when I talked to him, he's like, if I have to keep this fight standing, he knows if it goes down to the ground, there's probably a good chance he loses. So I think Jim Miller can get him down. And once he gets down, I think he can sub him. This is close, man. Tough fight to call here, guys. Both guys are solid. I mean, Vince Bichel, he's kind of underrated, man. I mean, he's only got the the one, the two losses, actually. But, you know, to, to really good guys, Gillespie, obviously, and then Kavalov. He's been solid, man. He's been a winner for the most part, 5-2 in the UFC. The win over Roberts, for sure, was a nice win for him. But here's some things going against him. He's 37 years old, and he hasn't fought in over a year. So those things worry me. He barely fights Cole. I mean, he's like a guy that fights like once a year, essentially. So that worries me. And, and he took it on pretty short notice. I mean, Miller did too, but Miller has been more active, obviously. Um, Jim Miller, what more can we say about him? We talk about him like almost every show. He's been fighting a lot lately. He is 36 too. He's a little bit older. Um, and, but he's got so much experience, 32-14 record. Man, he's a stud. Uh, he's looked pretty good lately, man. Three of his last four fights, getting the win by submission. Roosevelt Roberts, Clay Guida, Jason Gonzalez. Um, he had the loss to Holtzman, which that's the fight that worries me. I'll be honest, Cole. That that, that one really worries me because if he can't get the submission, Pichal probably wins the decision here. So I think it's a really tough fight to call. I can see why the odds are this tight. But the thing that I don't like about Pichal is he hasn't fought in over a year, Cole. What's his shape going to be like? We know Miller was in good shape for his last fight, uh, getting Roberts out of there really quickly two months ago. I think he'll be ready to go here too. So super close fight. I don't love the, I don't love picking either guy here because I think they're both solid. I'm going to go with Miller here. I think he can get a submission call. That's going to be my pick. Jim Miller by submission, but definitely a close fight. If he doesn't get that submission, he probably gets grinded out. So be careful about this one. Gabriel likes Susan in the last fight by saw, and he likes Pichel in this fight. And turn up MA likes Pichel. There's some recency bias from Miller for sure. I mean, he's been fighting more actively, but that's one thing I like about him here is just the fact he's been more active. You know, even if he lost that last fight uh, against Roberts, he was he was a big underdog there, Cole. So, you know, he's a guy – let's be honest, Jim Miller doesn't get a lot of respect from betters. He's often an underdog and often wins. So, you know, we'll see what happens, Cole. It's a close fight. I, I don't think you'd be uh, too confident, confident with a bet here either way. No, I'm not betting either guy. No way. <laughs> it's a close fight, guys. It's a fun one, though. All right, main card. Definitely a good main card here, Cole. I'm like, I like it a lot. Um, opening – 
fight in the main card. It's a rematch. Probably one of the worst stoppages we've ever seen uh, back in February where Kevin McDonald went in and Gidola was playing possum. He stopped the fight really early while he was throwing combination. Terrible stoppage. They have the rematch now, finally. Ankalev against Kutalaba. And right now, Megame Ankalev is a huge favorite, minus 300. Kutalaba, plus 250 underdog. Who's your pick, Cole? I uh, just got to start with the odds. It's really weird. Ankalev is basically a full dollar more. He was minus 210 the last one. He's basically minus 300. He's, I know some places have him at that. Like, some places have him over minus 330. So it's, it's weird because it is a rematch. And I know he won the first fight, but I don't get why he's a full dollar more. Just because. The first fight really didn't show much. So why, to me, the odds kind of just be what they were for that first fight of Ankalaev, about two to one favorite. I favor Ankalaev in this one. I think he's a better all-around fighter than Kutlava. Kutlava though has on knock power. I wouldn't be surprised if he knocks out Ankalaev. I just think Ankalaev can be better on the feet. Grappling changes. I think he's probably better grappling. I think this one isn't going to go to the scorecards. I think Ankalaev is going to be able to finish on Kutlava, but at this at over three to one, I don't think he can lay that kind of chalk on him. Yeah, I'm just looking at the odds. The fight doesn't go the distance, minus 350. I almost prefer that goal, honestly, because I there's a chance he could get knocked out here. Angolaev's solid, though. I mean, the guy has been impressive. 13-1, 28 years old. Other than the loss to Paul Craig, which still bothers me, Cole. Why did he tap out? He had one second left, guys. Seriously, one second. He should have waited, man. It was a really weird way to lose a fight. Losing at 459 of round three to a triangle. Really weird. I know Paul Craig's good, but come on. Had he not lost that fight, he'd be undefeated right now. And since then... I think since then it's woken him up, man. He's looked incredible, man. Pacino, uh, Luga Mambula, and Kutalaba finishes them all. I mean, obviously the Kutalaba fight, super controversial, but that Luga Mambula fight, holy smokes, he looked good there. This guy's a stud, man. He's got a lot of good wins, a lot of experience now. He's looked amazing. Kutalaba, definitely an interesting fighter. I mean, he's got some power, as we've seen. The fight with Cleo Roundtree, the fight with uh, Luis Henrique Da Silva, Gadzman uh, Tagulov. He showed some nasty power in those fights. So this guy's really aggressive. I like that about him. And I think he is a live dog, potentially. So I don't know if I'd want to lay minus 300 on, on Ankele. I'm with Cole. I mean, we didn't see much in that first fight. And he's a dollar more now. You're paying a premium for him. I think he still wins. I do pick Ankele here. I'm going to pick my knockout again, this time a clean finish. But I, I think it's, you know, an interesting fight, Cole. Kudalab is definitely a wild card. Um, Gabriel likes Kutalaba. I figured you'd be on him, Gabe. He seems like the kind of guy you'd like to bet on here. And same with Kevin Scott likes Kutalaba as well, despite being really weird and aggressive. Whoa. Who knows? What are you going to say? What do you think? Under one and a half is minus 115. Yeah, I turned up at May saying that. Gets him out in the first ankle. He likes to under 1.5. Probably. I, I think probably, yeah. Um, I hate betting on minus 1.5 oh, uh, rounds. I much. hate. I just stay away from over-unders. I hate betting over-unders. They're not easy to bet on, man, but especially 1.5 rounds, it's, it could be tricky. Um, in this case, though, I kind of lean that way as well. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to pick Ankle by knockout. He, by by uh, finish, he's minus 160. Maybe that's the way to go if you want. But uh, who knows? Maybe he just wins a decision here. It's hard to say. I'm going to pick Ankle of, though. That's going to be with my pick goal, by, by stoppage. I think you'll get it done this time. More uh, <laughs> Less controversial than last time. That, but still, that referee stoppage, what was he thinking? Honestly, come on. All right, great fight here. John Dodds against Mirab Devalishvili. And I did have a comment here earlier. Where is it? Cameron Miller. How's it going, Cameron? Mirab is the uncrowned champ takedown machine. So let's see what happens here. We'll break down this fight between Dodson and Devalishvili. Right now we have Mirab 
minus 200, John Dodson plus 170. Who's your pick? I like Marav. It, both his losses in the UFC are really controversial. That Reggie Simone choke, I think a lot of people didn't like that. And I thought he beat Frankie Sainz. A lot of people thought he beat Frankie Sainz. So really, he could be undefeated in the UFC. I know his last one, he's making a pretty quick turn on fought just middle of June when he beat Gustavo Lopez. Just dominated that one. Beat Casey Kenny. That Casey Kenny win has really impressed me because I'm really high in Casey Kenny. John Dodson, his last win, I did not expect him to beat Nathaniel Wood. But the difference is, Marab is a much better grappler than Nathaniel Wood is. I don't think Dodson will be able to keep Marab off him. Marab's going to be bigger. He's going to be stronger. I think he's going to take Dodson down at will. I don't see him finishing John Dodson. Dodson's a tough guy like Peter Yan, Jimmy Rivera, Marlon Marais, John Lineker, Demetrius Johnson. They all went to the distance with him. Those are his past couple losses. I can't see Marab finishing John Dodson. I think Marab's just going to be able to grind out a pretty clear-cut decision. Yeah, this is going to be a good fight. I'm interested to see what happens here. I mean, Devalish Feely has been an absolute stud. Uh, I'm super high on this guy. He's looked incredible. In my opinion, he is undefeated. Uh, the fight was Sands. He should have won that fight. And the fight with Simone, that was really weird, man. How do you lose it five minutes of round three? It's kind of weird. I mean, I guess the bell can't save you. That's probably why. But that fight, to me, probably should have been a win for him, too. Since then, he's looked incredible. Um, having said that, I mean, the level of competition, Cole, obviously hasn't been great. Uh, he's fighting guys are, let's be honest, are not really top 15 guys. So, this is a step up for sure. And John Dodson, man, I mean, the fight with Wood really like surprised me. That, to me, is still one of the more surprising upsets of the year. An older guy like that finishing a prospect like Wood. And Wood is good, man, on the feet, too. The last fight, he looked incredible. So, to me, that was a real big shocker. Um, and you look at Dodson's career. I mean, really, his losses are to, like, elite guys. Yan, Rivera, Marais, Lineker, Johnson. I mean, he's only lost to, like, truly elite guys. He's got great wins, like Dillashaw and... Elliot, Formiga, Wineland, Munoz. Like, he's got good wins. He's a good fighter, man. This is a tough test for a rap. John Dodson's not easy to take down. And John Dodson's very fast. And he's got more power and probably is a better striker. Having said that, I mean, Marab has just been so impressive. I don't think you can bet against him here. That's the thing. Because he's so good. But stylistically, this is a very interesting fight. I could definitely see an upside here, too. So, I'm going to pick Marab Cole. I'll take him by decision here. I don't love it, though. I think Dodson's a live dog too. So my pick, Marab by decision. But if Dodson can stuff those takedowns, he'll make it a long night for Marab. Gabe likes the machine. I'm picking him too, Gabe. And then turn up says, I'm going to, I was originally going to pick Dodson. Uh, after re watching DJ, th I think he'll be able to ground a decision. It's possible, man, for sure. Don Dodson's a good fighter, Cole. People are forgetting, like, like, Cole, like that Pedro Munoz fight. He looked good in that fight. Pedro's a stud. So that wasn't that long ago. Um, Get to the next fight here. Headweight bout. Junior DeSantos against Eugenio Rosenstruck. I will say this, a bold prediction right now, this fight's not going three rounds. <laughs> and the the odds of it not going distance. Nice 290. That's nothing. I thought it'd be higher than that. I don't see it going the distance, guys. Someone's getting knocked out. Right now we have pretty tight odds. Yarzinho minus 145. JDS plus 125. Who's your pick? I'm actually going to go with the underdog JDS here. I don't like Rosenstruck coming back this soon. I'm getting... Brutally knocked out by Nagato. Like he was out for a while. And the big difference for this one, I'm still not completely sold on Rosenstruck as a fighter. Knockout to Ngano. The Overeem fight, he got dominated the entire fight, landed one punch. And then Arlovsky, Crowder, Albini. Uh, the Arlovsky one is kind of impressive because he looked better lately, but the other two aren't that impressive. I think the big difference is going to be speed. I think Junior Dos Santos is going to be better. And I think he's going to be able to take Rosenstruck down. If he fights smart game plan, similar to what Alistair Overeem did, I think Junior Dos Santos will be able to just take Rosenstruck down and probably just ground pound him out. I think that's 
Roadstrick takedown defense really got exposed. And even in the Albini fight, Albini got him down. And then Overeem, who's not a grappler at all, took him down at will. If Dos Santos fights smart, I think he could beat Roadstruck here. But the problem is his chin. He's been knocked out lately. I think if Roadstruck lands probably one good one, he might be able to put Dos Santos down. But I still think Dos Santos can get it done. I think he's going to be faster and he can avoid the punches. I think his wrestling is going to be the difference here. Yeah, this fight's one of those fights where probably whoever lands first is going to win this fight. Um, love JDS. Always loved him. He's going to the Hall of Fame too. Guy's a stud. I remember I picked him against Kane almost 10 years ago now, and people were thought I was crazy, knocked him out. Obviously, his career hasn't been great since then. He's been kind of like up and down, um, kind of inconsistent. His chin's definitely not there anymore, coming off back-to-back uh, losses by knockout. But, you know, from time to time, Cole, he'll show up and have a great performance, like the fight against Derek Lewis. He looked incredible in that fight, and that was, two, that was last year. That was only last year, you know, so it wasn't even that long ago. Um, Rosenstruck. Man, he's been pretty impressive. I mean, ten and one in his career now. The fight with Arlovs Earth uh, Overy, obviously, he was losing that fight, and I even made that tweet saying he's going to lose the decision. And then all of a sudden, he gets knocked out. So, uh, you know, that says more about Overy's chin than anything. Uh, this guy, though, definitely has power. Crowder fight, the Arlovsky fight, the Albini fight. Even though he was getting uh, kind of beat up there a little bit, still got the win. He's got a lot of power, man. The Nogano fight that can happen to anyone. I don't think there's any shame in that. I don't know. It's interesting fighting. Mean, they're both trained together. Uh, not together, but they're both at ATT, so that definitely adds another wrinkle to this fight. Cole, I can go either way, man. It's a heavyweight fight between two guys that can knock you and can get knocked out. I want to pick Rosenstruck. I think he gets JDS out of there. I just, I, I, it's a fade on JDS. I don't trust his chain anymore, but uh, if he wins, if he does win, I think it'll be my knock too, Cole. I, I see what you're saying about the grappling. I think it stays on the feet, though. So we'll see what happens. Um, Get some comments here with this one. Sure enough, JDS looks great. Have you seen his Instagram photos? He does look great. Like, I'm wondering, can he make 205? I mean, he looks really good, Cole. Um, I'm curious to see what he weighs in at the official weigh-ins. Well, I asked him about 205, oh, okay. and he said only if John jo- only if Yossi hey, That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Five years ago, that would have been a fun fight. Don't think it happens now. He says JDS won a decision. Definitely possible. And, then, and again, JDS, a former champ, he doesn't get a lot of respect in the sports books, you know? Um, let's see what else. Oh. Sorry, guys. Uh, where is it? Turn up, mate. No, you saw that bet on JDS. Not saying anything looks better than ever. We'll see what happens. All right, co-main event time, Cole. We have Sean O'Malley against Marlon Vera. Right now, we have O'Malley, minus 310. Marlon Vera, plus 255. Who's your pick? Well, first, I don't know why people are surprised this is the co-main event. Sean O'Malley is one of the biggest stars in the UFC. Like He's a bigger star than Junior Dos Santos or Rose Struck. I don't get why fans are complaining that he's a co-main event ahead of JDS. I think this is the perfect next step for O'Malley. Marlon Vera's top. And Marlon Vera has never been finished, which is going to be interesting to see if O'Malley can finish him. O'Malley's last two fights, uh, is that last one really impressed me. I thought Eddie Wannan was, I know people didn't like that much, I thought it was good next step up. Wannan was a durable guy. He was going to supposed to test O'Malley out in the later rounds, and O'Malley knocked him out cold in the first. I think Sean O'Malley's going to win this fight. I don't think Vera's that, I think Vera's going to keep this fight standing. I can't see him taking O'Malley down. That's something that bothers. I think people really underestimate Sean O'Malley's ground game. Like he had a lot of success in quintet. Like he tapped out uh, Takanori Gomi, and he went eight minutes with Gilbert Melendez without getting subbed. His only loss at the quintet was a uh, an ankle lock to Hector Lombard, who's like sixty pounds heavier than him. So like you can't really say much of that. I don't think Vera's going to be able to take him down. I think on the feet, O'Malley's the much better striker. He hits. He's the a lot power more powerful. I think the big question is, can O'Malley finish Vera? And I think he'll be able to knock out Marlon Vera here. Oh. I, d- 
don't know if it's going to be the first. I think it's going to be like a second, third round finish, like a just accumulation of the damage eventually will get him out of there. Yeah, I, I like both guys a lot, man. This is a really good matchup. I love it as coming event too. I think it's fine. You know, O'Malley is a guy that's a future superstar in the sport. So why would you put JDS in the coming event when he's an older aging fighter? I know it's, it's going to be a fun fight, but this deserves to be coming event. I'm fine with that decision by the UFC. Um, great fight though, Cole, for sure. I mean, O'Malley's been super impressive. We all know his striking is incredible. The last few fights, the fight with Quinones, that was, to me wasn't that impressive because that guy's not that good. But getting out uh, Eddie Wyland out there in two minutes was crazy impressive. Marlon Vera, though, man, I mean, he's had some great performances. Like, let's be honest, Cole, he should have won that last fight. Yeah. He should be on a six-fight win streak. Essentially, this is the UFC saying, we thought you won that fight. So we're giving you a guy that's ranked. So, you know, your dog saw me. I thought he won that fight, and that's a good win for him. And then before that, won five straight fights by stoppage. So he's good, man. And he's, like you said, Cole, hard to finish. You can't finish this guy. I, I kind of favor O'Malley by decision here. That's kind of how I'm seeing it going. I don't think he's going to get Marlon Vera out of there. I think it's going to go the full three. But I think O'Malley's going to be more technical and just kind of pick apart Marlon Vera, stop the takedowns, and uh, win a decision. But you know what? Interesting fight. I mean, Marlon Vera, very well-rounded guy. If he can make this a grappling fight, I think he'd have a better chance there, Colt. Because if it stays on the feet, I can't see him really being that competitive against Ooh. a guy as long and rangy as O'Malley. Go ahead. With this fight, too, I think... So O'Malley is obviously a big fair, minus 310. But depending on what you like, O'Malley inside the distance is plus 120. O'Malley yeah. by decision is plus 125. So oh. I think that's probably the way you bet it. You get plus money either way. If you think he's going to finish it, bet him to finish it. If you think he's going to get the distance, bet the decision. You get way better odds than the minus 310. Yeah, it's high odds, but I think he does win. Uh, turned up in May. I got Vera plus 265 lines off. I saw O'Malley. I think the line's a little high too right now. But... Uh, I, I mean, he's popular, so I can see why. And he says O'Malley reminds him of uh, Michael Page. I don't know about that. I mean, Michael Page, first off, is a lot older. He's like 30. I think he's like 35, isn't he? He's way older than Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley's 25, right? He's so young. Uh, and he's got so much potential in the sport. He'll be a champion one day, Cole, I believe. I do believe Sean O'Malley will hold a bell one day. All right. Finally have arrived at the main event of the evening. Daniel Cormier, Stipe Yosich, three. I've been watching the uh, first two fights back the last couple of days. Oh, me too. Dude, I mean, seriously, best trilogy ever. I can't wait for this third fight. And the small cage, too. So I'll say right now, this fight's not going the distance either. The odds of that, oh, wow, it's only minus 210 for the fight not going the distance. Cole, there's no way it goes through five rounds. No way in hell. So right now we have essentially a pick on man. DC's a slight favorite, minus 115. Steep A, minus 105, the smallest of underdogs. Cole, who's going to win the trilogy, man? When this fight got announced... I've been going back and forth, and then I watched the first fight, and I'm like, Cormier. Then I watched the second fight, and I'm like, you know what? Cormier couldn't wrestle Stipe in the later rounds. Maybe Stipe can get it. I've been going back and forth. This fight, uh, let, let's start the first off. I'm 0-2 on this. I picked Miocic you know, in the first fight, Cormier in the second one. I'm hoping I don't go 0-3 on this trilogy. I think Daniel Cormier can get it done. I think the smaller cage favors him a lot. I think his grappling is going to be the difference. I think the big difference is I think he can fix that body shot where I don't know how much Miocic can stuff those many takedowns of Daniel Cormier in this short of time. I can't see a first-down finish like the first round. I think that kind of was because Ngannou took a lot out of Miocic. I think Cormier is going to get like a ground-pound TKO probably third, fourth round. I think he gets Miocic out of there. It's such a close fight to call. This is another one where some of my friends have asked me, like, oh, who should I bet on? I'm like, I don't like bet whoever you want. I'm not telling you to bet. I think I could see either guy winning. I could see Miocic landing a heavy shot and knocking Cormier out, but I favor Cormier slightly to get it done. 
this is a tough fight to call main. I'm with you, Cole. I'm 0 2 in the first two, so I'm not an expert on this matchup in particular by any means. Um, but like I said, I've been watching the fights back. I mean, DC obviously showed that power in that first fight. Stipe's been knocked out a couple of times. His chin can be, he can be caught, but like anyone in heavyweight. So can DC, though. The thing I like about Stipe is that second fight, man, the, the way he made that adjustment in the fourth round, where he went, started going to the body and started wearing down DC. If he can survive the first few rounds here, that'll happen again. Um, I think he'll start going the body a little bit earlier in this fight, too. That's DC's weakness. Remember the fight with Andrew Silva? He got kicked in the body. He got hurt badly. That's kind of how I see it going, guys. I kind of feel like Stipe is going to use that body shot to his advantage and knock out Cormier again with shots to the body. So that's how I'm leaning, but I'm not betting on this fight. No way. I'm just going to watch it, man. It's going to be a fun fight to watch, and I could definitely be wrong. Uh, be interesting to see if DC can win and what happens next. It turned up in May says DC won't retire. He'll call it John Jones. Possibly. I mean, definitely a chance. Um, well, the good news is one of us isn't going to go 0-3 then. Yeah, I know, right? One of us will. One of us won't. <laughs> one of us won't, yeah. Tough call, call. you know. There's yeah, just, watch a draw happen. There's just some advantages I like about Stipe. I mean, physically, he has a longer reach. He has an 8-inch reach. He's 5 inches taller. He's 4 years younger. You know, there's things I like about him here. Uh, DC, 41 years old, Cole. I mean, typically, older guys in their 40 don't win. I know Stipe obviously isn't young at 37, but... You know, you look at before the loss to DC, look at that run he was on Cole. Nagano, JDS, Overeem, Verdun, Orlowski, Hunt. I mean, this guy is an absolute legend. He is a legend. He's beating everyone. DC, incredible too. Rumble Johnson twice. Anderson, Gustafson, Stipe, Uzdemir, Lewis. He's incredible too, man. A lot of respect for both these guys. I just favor Stipe a little bit due to the physical advantages and the adjustment he made in that second fight. But uh, I can't wait to see what happens, Cole. Going to be a really fun one. Turn up MMA says, nice, break, nice breakdown, gentlemen. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. We're not done yet. We're going to do Contender Series quick, Cole. I know that you got to get out of here. So do I. But I do want to get this quickly. Yeah. So we'll do Contender Series 28, guys. Um, we'll start with the top here. Dustin Stolfis against Joe Pfeiffer. Stolfis minus 250. Pfeiffer uh, plus 210. Who's your pick, Cole? I like Stolfis. I'm not impressed by Pfeiffer. I even did it for my breakdown. Is I calculated His record opponents is like 35 and 40, the guys he's faced. He hasn't really fought anyone good. Stolzfus, it's kind of weird. He's from Pennsylvania, but all his fights have been in Germany. So it's, yeah. I think that experience is going to be a big factor. I think whoever wins this fight is going to get signed to the UFC. I think the UFC kind of likes both of them, but I think Stolzfus probably gets Pfeiffer out of there. Yeah, it's interesting fight. I mean, Pfeiffer, you got to give this guy credit, man. He's only 23. He's only been fighting for two years, and he's already like locking the door of the UFC. It's crazy, right? Um, Stolzfus has been fighting, obviously, a little bit longer than him. Um, more fights. Fighting since 2014 as a pro. A little bit more experience, Cole. So I'm going to lean towards uh, Stolfis as well. But uh, I think Pfeiffer could be live here. I mean, we got to mention that it's Contender Series. This isn't the UFC, and there definitely could be some upsets on this card. I know there wasn't last week, but this this card could have some. Next up, we have Adrian Yanez against Brady Huang. Yanez, minus 325. Huang, plus 265. Who's your pick? This is a fight that's a UFC fight. This should be ahead of Parker Porter. They should just flip this on the 252 and put Porter Dukakis on the Contender Series. Both these guys should be in the UFC. Both of them are really good. Huang's only lost Martin Day, UFC. Yan's past two losses, split decisions with Miles John, Domingo Polarde. Miles John's I'm pretty high on. I think Yan's wins this fight. But I just kind of have a real contender series. No one should be minus 300 on the contender series. It's so, like, hit and miss. So I wouldn't bet Yan's at this price, but I think he probably gets a win. And I think even if he gets a decision win, he'll be brought in the UFC because I'm both these guys already deserve to be in the UFC. Yeah, they're both solid, both pretty good experience. Um, uh, you got to favor Yanez a little bit, I think, based on just fighting better competition. But uh, 
odds are definitely, you know, it's a dogger pass situation, I think. Quang definitely has a shot to win this fight. Wouldn't be surprised if he does. Dogger pass, but Yunez probably grinds it out. Next up, Vanessa Demopoulos against Corey, uh, Corey McKenna. Women's 115 right now. Uh, Vanessa Demopoulos, minus 165. McKenna, plus 145. Who'd you pick? I like McKenna as a dogger. I just think she's the better grappler. I think she can have success on the ground. I don't think either girl is going to be brought in the UFC. They're both still pretty young in their careers. And I already can already tell Dana White saying, oh, they're just a bit too young for us, which is the stupidest thing. He says it at least a couple times a season. Like, why even put him on the contender series? I could see him saying it here. I think McKenna gets the job done by decision, but I can't see her getting a UFC contract yet. Uh, definitely interesting fight. I got to go with Demopolis, though, man. I mean, LFA, she's looked incredible. Champion there in LFA. She's 31, too, so she's not, like, super young. She's got to make a run for it now. Um, she's pretty new to MMA, only been fighting for three years as a pro. She's been fighting as an amateur before that, though. Um, but uh, I've been pretty impressed with her performances, man. I mean, obviously, the level of competition hasn't been great. But same with McKenna. I mean, she's fought even worse competition, although she's looked really good in Cage Warriors. I like this fight, though, Cole. It's a fun fight to watch. This is the perfect contender series fight, but I lean towards Demopolis. Next up, we got TJ Laramie against Daniel Swain at 145. TJ Laramie, the Canadian, minus 350. Swain, plus 290. Who's your pick? I think I like TJ Laramie here, and I like him by knockout. I am super high on TJ Laramie. I think he's a guy that could have easily just been signed out right to the UFC. I think he's he's easily the top Canadian prospect right now. He has a win of Charles Jordan. His three losses, that Vince Murdoch split, uh, even uh, I think a lot of people thought he won that fight. I even or James was talking to like people from Vince's team, and they even said uh, TJ won that fight. And then other than that, his two losses to the same guy. The first one I watched, it was a really comfortable stoppage. He got dropped, and the ref just stopped it right away, and Laramie is already on the way up. So I think he can kind of write off two of his losses. He did lose that second of the rematch. I'm high on Laramie. I think he can knock out Swain. I just, but Swain has a huge advantage in experience. I wouldn't be surprised if he put it off the upset. Again, I don't love the line, so it's really dog or pass for me. Swain has 30 fights, man. He's been fighting for 10 years. He has a win over Sam Cecilia from, like, 2011. So he's been fighting a while, man. Uh He's been pretty good lately. Four of his last five uh, uh, fights have ended and finished for him by submission. So, you know, this guy is pretty impressive on the ground. Laramie, though, I mean, how can you not be high on this guy? 22 only, Cole. He's getting better every fight. Uh, got that win over Jordan. That's a nice win to have. Three straight wins. I like TJ Laramie here. Don't love the odds, though. It's contender series, man. You can't go too crazy on these guys. Like, they're not UFC fighters, so don't go crazy here. And the last fight here, Cole, Anthony Adams against Impa Kasangane. Right now, we have Kasangane, minus 190. Adams, plus 165. Who's your pick? I actually like Anthony Adams here. I'm picking two underdogs in this card. I'm just not high in input. I know he won the contender series last year. Adams lost on his contender series. I don't... Again, this is a fight where I think even whoever wins, I think it's going to be a distance. I can't see either of them. Anthony Adams wins a lot by decision. I think if he does that here, he's not going to get a UFC contract. I think only probably three contracts are going to be handed out. I can't see the women's fight or this one getting a contract. And even who even knows if Yans or because maybe that one goes to decision. I think Adams can just be able to grind out Imba. Imba's naturally a welterweight, but for some reason, the UFC puts him at middleweight on the contender series. His only two middleweight fights are on the contender series, which is kind of weird. So I think Adams will just be able to kind of just grind him out, get a decision win, but probably not a UFC contract. I thought Impa could have been signed last year. I thought he was pretty good. You know, it's it's crazy, right? He hasn't fought since then. He can't get a fight. Guys keep dropping out of fights with him. Three straight canceled fights. Um, he's impressive, though, man. A Adams has been solid, too, but, uh, you know, barely fights. He has one fight since January 2019. I don't like that. Again, a guy who can't get fights. So it's an interesting fight. I think the winner probably does get signed to the UFC. Uh, 
you know, Cole, I'm going to pick Impa, but here's the bet I like, Cole. My, over 1.5 rounds. This should have been set up 2.5. I like 1.5, Cole, because this guy, uh, Adams, often goes to the decision. And same with Kasangani. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it, Cole. Um, so we'll see what happens. Do you have a few more minutes, Cole, or do you have to get out of here? No, I can keep on going. Okay, let's just do some fight announcements. I, I hate keeping Cole this long because he's got a lot of interviews to do. Um, let's just do a few pieces of news and fight announcements, guys. I appreciate you guys sticking with us past the hour mark here. Uh, Bellator signs Corey Anderson, Cole. Kind of came out of nowhere. A little surprised by uh, what happened there. We knew that there was some tension with the UFC. Ali Abdelaziz came out and said that he was helping him pay for his like, hospital bills or something. So I know Corey had, a, I think, an eye infection or something like that. Um, he had a tough injury there. But uh, he's, he's back, man. He's going to be in Bellator. The UFC just lost the number four ranked light heavyweight. Kind of crazy. So what do you think of this uh, sign by Bellator? It's definitely interesting. I think he's going to get the winner of uh, Bader Nemkov. Or, yeah, sorry. I think it's going to be – I think Bader's going to win the fight. I think he's going to fight Bader. So I, it's a good signing. Corey Anderson is a top five light heavyweight. I know him and the UFC did not get along. So I kind of understand why they're listening. But, again, at the same time, I'm surprised he just gave away a top five light heavyweight yeah. when the division is not that strong. I'm with you, man. I mean, you look at his record in the UFC. He has a win over number three, Blachowicz, number four, Teixeira, and number 11, Walker. And just looking at the rankings, Paul Craig jumped in the rankings after they took out Anderson. Uh, Ray Borg was released from the UFC call. I, you know, I feel bad for the guy. He's got some problems, obviously, the son. It's the right call, Cole. You, you can't have this guy in the roster because you pull out of every fight. Yeah, he, that's a big problem is he loses or he doesn't make it to fight night. And I know the UFC gave him a lot of chances. He has a sick kid, but he the last time I pulled out, he said it was his kid. This time he didn't say anything about his kid, so maybe it was a bad weight cut again because he's misweighed a bunch, and maybe the UFC just got fed up with them. Yeah. I wonder where he goes because whoever signs him is kind of in that weird spot where, hey, maybe we don't see Borg fight for a while because he can't make it to fight night. Yeah, I don't think a big promotion will sign him right now. I think he's going to have to take some time off and just kind of do his own thing and uh, get help, get healthy and get his son. I know his son probably will never be healthy, but, you know, Cole, maybe maybe he's got to do something else in his life. I mean, he's a talented fighter, but, dude, he pulls out of almost every fight. I mean, it's you can't sign him uh, a contract to a fight because you, you won't see him end up in the cage. Uh, Jeff Neal had a health scare. Marcus is actually in the chat right now. And Jeff Neal, man, poor guy, just finally gets a fight against Neil Magny and then, he, uh, he had severe kidney issue, Cole. I think he almost died. So I know you just talked to Jeff on text. What did Jeff tell you? Yeah, he thought he was going to die. It was not a – they said it was like a one in three shot he was going to live. It was Because I remember us texting safe about trying to book Jeff Neal for an interview, and he even said he should say, not right now, Cole, it's a hectic time. And obviously now we know what happens. That was like a week ago. So it was obviously a scary time. Obviously glad he's okay, but – it definitely sucks, Jeff. You know, this is his first big fight, really opportunity to fight a known guy, ranked guy. It it just sucks for him to lose this fight. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And now we have Robbie Lawler stepping in to fight Neil Magny. Um, interesting fight, man. I'm glad to see Robbie back. Great, great to see him back in the cage. But uh, interesting fight with Magny. I, I kind of favor Lawler, though. I gotta be honest, Cole, just based on the knockout power. But he hasn't been very active. So, what do you think the odds are going to be? I think it'll be close, but I. I kind of see Robbie being favored. I mean, Neil Maggie's often an underdog, and I know he's been really active and he has a lot of wins, but Robbie Lawler calls a former champ. He's got the takedown defense. He's got knockout power. I kind of see him being favored. What do you think? I don't be surprised to pick him. I think maybe yeah. Magny might be a slight favorite just because he's been more active. He's on the winning streak, but Lawler could knock at anyone. And we should mention that fight's on August 29th. It could be the main event because the beat fell off that card. He's not fighting on that card. 
Uh, just a few other finances quote really quickly. Woodley versus Covington, September 19th. Not sure if this is UFC 253 or if that's going to be pushed back a week, but either way, Covington, Woodley, I hope it's five rounds. I favor Covington quite a bit. The odds have Covington minus 275, Cole. I'm assuming you kind of lean that way too. Yeah, right now, 253. I was talking to Wally about it. Izzy Costas, he thinks it's like a 98% likely it's moved to September 26th because they're going to move it to Fight Island. I guess Fight Island they had, they couldn't do it till the 26th for some reason. So, which is good for me because now I get to see Izzy Costa on my birthday. So that's that's a oh, good plus. Sweet, man. That's awesome. Um, two other fights really quick. Figueredo, Garbrandt, and Shevchenko, Maya. Both official for 255. We have a lot to say about these fights. We'll talk about those fights in much more in depth in November. Uh, I should mention November 21st for these fights. We do have odds, Cole. We do have odds for these fights. Let me pull them out really quick. It's uh, Figueredo minus 265, Garbrandt plus 205, and Valentina minus 1,200, uh, Jennifer Meyer plus 660. Thoughts on, quick thoughts on both these fights. Well, I tweeted when I got announced. I said, I'm going to laugh when both Garbrandt and Maya miss weight and there's zero title fights on this card. Uh, who knows if Garbrandt can make 125? Maya is about inconsistent as it can be making 125. I know she made 124 and a half her last fight, but fight before that she was, I think, 127 and a half and 126 something. I don't trust her making weight. And Cody Garbrandt, Davis, and Figueroa, I think it's going to look very similar to Cejudo Dillashaw, where it's going to be a quick finish. Yeah. Uh, again, we'll talk about those fights more in depth, but, uh, you know, Figueroa actually opened at mine, uh, a little bit lower, and uh, the odds have been bet up. So he was open at minus 200, so he's a bigger favorite here. But, uh, you know, you can see why he's favored, obviously, with the last wins over Benavides. And then Shevchenko, that's a squash match. I mean, I'm assuming a lot of people were to parlay them both. Uh, we'll take one question from Marcus. What are your thoughts on Marino versus Perez? Hey, Cody, fighting for the 125 title next. The winner of this fight will – first of all, that fight's on the same card. So the winner – whoever is on the – like one of these guys will be the backup. Marino probably favored a little bit in that yeah. fight, I assume, but Perez is live. The winner of that fight will probably get a title shot. Um, just one more call here from Edwards. Stipe by finish. <laughs> DC fight at welterweight. No. He, look, he actually looked pretty good in the video I saw today, so he looked like he's in shape. And Gabe, I might have COVID about to get tested. My nephew had it. He was staying with me. I'm sorry to hear that, Gabe. I really hope you're okay, man. Uh, I just saw that only 33 people tested positive in Ontario today, Cole, or yesterday. That's incredible, man. So we're doing really good up here. But I know, Gabe, you're in uh, L.A. and California has been ravaged by it. So hope you're safe, man. Cole, uh, thanks for tuning in or uh, joining me for overtime here, man. We went overtime. Yeah. We were beasting 25-8 here as Corey Anderson. So, Cole. Plug your stuff, man. You got a stacked podcast that came out today, and uh, go ahead. Plug it all. Yeah, the podcast, probably the most stacked show we've done, Junior Dos Santos, Sean O'Malley, Rosenstruck, Marlon Vera. So there'll be stories on that. There'll be a couple stories about with Ngannou and O'Malley just because they weren't really in tap with stuff. Other than that, I, Vince Pichel, yesterday, I did it. He told me some wild street fight stories he's been in, so it was definitely interesting to hear that. Other than, I'll have a story on him for his fight against Jim Miller. I spoke to Jim Miller for MA News. That'll be up tomorrow. And then fighter picks for DC Stipe as well. Yeah, definitely, guys. Subscribe to Cole's podcast. I mean, he's doing a great job. I mean, look at the guests he's getting, man. For a young guy in this business, Cole's killing it, man. So, Cole, big ups to you, man. Like, your show is really good. You're asking good questions these guys. So, definitely solid stuff. Uh, as far as I go, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Evan Adam Martin. And I'm available at MMAOddsBreaker.com, BJPen.com, and MMARatings.net. Uh, I'll be away, actually, for a few days. So, my plan is to still do a podcast from Friday where I am. But, uh, you know, that's kind of tentative at this point. I might save it for the weekend, but probably Friday morning to do another show later this week. Either way, though, really appreciate everyone for joining us today in the chat, asking questions, criticizing, or agreeing with our picks. It's 
all good. Really appreciate it. And uh, Cole, thanks again for joining me and putting in the overtime today. We're beasting it 25-8. All right, guys, have a great day, and I'll see you later this week. Bye.